0: The Kime Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Kime Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts turns into a long snapper. Can You put a hand near his face—that's Lenny. I mean, guys, I am joined on a sad, brutal, confusing. Dramatic post-Monday Night Football show. First of the season. Not what we expected. Much to discuss. Both teams, actually, who played. uh, I don't think I expected to be having this discussion about either team right now. Dominique Foxworth, as always, joining us to recap the Monday Night game and then to pick some winners and woofs from the weekend. Dominique, you've been on TV all morning. Um, Yeah. What's the vibe like at the Seaport talking about this Aaron Rodgers season ending Achilles
1: injury? It's sad. You're right. So not only have I been at the Seaport all morning, but I watched the game at Mike Greenberg's uh, house with Mike Greenberg, which was an incredible experience. It was pretty sad. You might've saw the picture of me smiling in the background while Mike looked sad. (laughs) Uh, It was pretty uncomfortable. None of it is fun or funny, but, um, Being here today, you're right. It does feel sad, and it's kind of like I feel for Aaron, too. I feel for Jets fans, and I get all that, but it's also slightly annoying because it's a reminder that none of the other players on the field, no one cares about them. None of them matter because people pop ligaments and stuff all the time, but this feels like a funeral. We just move on from everybody else, but this does feel like a funeral in part because I feel like this whole offseason was kind of about The Cowboys, because it's always it always is. And Aaron Rodgers. And then four plays into the season, we're like, hey, you know who we thought was gonna be the protagonist of the season? Not anymore.
0: Well, it does matter insofar as I think it all feels worse because of how good the Jets looked. Like, if the Bills had destroyed them as they should have, maybe. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the Bills side of things in a second. This is one of one of the worst Bills losses. I think, And, you know, it's a franchise that has its fair share of uh, disappointing losses. But if they had destroyed them, I think we would, in a way, it would feel less bad because it wouldn't be so glaringly obvious that this Jets team is not only a quarterback away from being interesting and compelling, but was a quarterback away from truly contending. You get one of the craziest Garrett Wilson catches. Craziest catches, not craziest Garrett Wilson catches. Garrett Wilson made the catch. Uh, I've ever seen, honestly, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that's one of the most impressive NFL catches by a wide receiver ever made. Uh, or certainly made in the last 10 years or so. Credible performance from the Jets' defense. We'll talk about that on the Bills' side. But um doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they don't have a quarterback. And, and that's what I want to talk about um, because I think that's probably the best way to advance this story. And what I find most interesting at this juncture is, um, is what the Jets are going to do in the immediate aftermath of the game. They said they're writing with Zach Wilson. Uh, there's reports now already that they're reaching out to free agents. Uh, you and I are taping this on Tuesday morning. So by the time this hits your ears, they'll probably be linked with certain names. Um, I'm going to start. Let's, let's live in this space for a moment. Cause I think this is that this is the Jets discussion to have right now. What should they do? Uh, not write it out with Zach Wilson. I don't care, man. I, I like, I cannot believe people are making that argument. I, we have seen, I don't care where he was drafted. I don't care that he's been there. I don't care that he quote unquote knows Let me the try. system.
1: Can I try? We've Can seen try. enough. Yes. Can I try to sell you on the Zach Wilson argument?
0: Oh. Are you going to mean it the though? Be-
1: That's not important. And the important thing is that I think that there is an argument to sell. Um, I think I don't want to waste your time with something that is absurd. So um, I do think, however, there's something to be said for a slight change in situation. And I know that the situation has not been dynamically changed, but if they can have a healthy Mekhi Beck, then that helps. And Zach Wilson has been he seemed better and the team has felt better about him since Aaron Rodgers has gotten there. And there's a possibility. I think I pointed to Jared Goff as an example of somebody where you change one person or organization and then all of a sudden he's good enough. And there's a possibility that with that defense and that running attack in that receiver, because the pass that he threw, the touchdown pass that he threw, first of all, Garrett Wilson played great defense to keep <laughs> it from being intercepted yeah. and then played play great offense to catch it. So that's not encouraging, but I do think that we need to get him from awful to average and they are contenders. Maybe they aren't the top, but they're a playoff team right. based on what we saw last night. So that is the argument. And now the pushback against that is, is there anybody out there that can get them above that? And you have to look at those options. And I think you were about to go in and start explaining who you thought was available and the moves that they should make. But the guys who are attractive are guys you have to trade for, which is not something you can do quickly.
0: You hit on, I think, the, the core question here, which is can they be competitive with even average quarterback play? Or I would say even like in that 15 to 20 range. Right. I think Yes. I think they're that good defensively. Um and I don't think Dak Wilson can get there. That I think that's yeah. that's kind of the core of the decision. I mean, dude, the, the pick to Milano he threw last night. Uh that's bad that's it one looked of a the lot
1: like Justin Fields interception. It was it was bad. It looked a, a lot like uh, Jalen Milrow's college interception. It's a guy who's not really seeing the defense. But well. and that's
0: I think what's why, why you can't roll with him because, um, he's going to keep turning the ball over. He has shown no growth in his ability to read defenses, as on display there. I, yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I say this one thing? Because I think we should be clear. Oftentimes, when we talk about ranking quarterback play, I think we make the mistake. Well, it's not a mistake, but it's shorthand. We talk about where they rank in, and you just did it there. And I said the same thing. You need mediocre quarter play, or you need fifteen to twenty. Rank quarterback play, I think there's different types of bad, there's different types of average, and there's just different yeah. types of good. And the problem with Zach Wilson is you can be a type of bad that just means you don't make a lot of plays, but you can't be the type of bad that he is, which is you turn the ball over. Yeah. And I think that's the if he averages out with the same like QBR or passer rating at the end of the game, it's the type of situations that he'll put the defense in that's a problem.
0: Yeah. And well, you know, advanced metrics will accommodate the turnover yeah. factor. And the turnover was the first thing I looked at when I started looking at the list of quarterbacks and sorting them by how they played and over the last few years and thinking about them, um, you know, I, like, for example, a name that has been thrown around is Jameis Winston. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, that again, like that's, he's going to, you know, that's a, a very turnover por- prone quarterback. I still think he would be better than Zach Wilson because he's shown yeah. flashes of functional like a downfield right. passing attack that, you know, again, Zach Wilson just simply has not. They're 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 very I mean, I started putting together the list of trade guys, which I'm gonna read to you in a second. I think they're all better than Wilson. I'll just say that right now. I, I'm sorry like I'm sorry if I sound overly harsh, but like I no. I can't do it. And by the it's, way, if you're the Jets, you can't say, well, you know, we don't want to waste draft picks because next year I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, man. This is your year. Yeah. You have to compete this year. You cannot. You cannot do the Wilson thing again. You just can't. So there's the free agent names, which are sad. Wentz, McCoy, Matt Ryan. Ryan. None of those, I think, give you I, I don't think any of those get you into that 15 to 20 range that that we're talking about. Uh, I know a trade is, you know, challenging. The Jets have. So because of this Aaron Rodgers thing, they do have their first round draft pick. Almost. Definitely. They do definitely have it. It's not going to convert from a second into a first because Aaron had to hit a playing time threshold that he's obviously not going to hit. And then they have. uh, So they lose the second. They have a third and they have two fourths, which I thought was interesting um, because that is. I think when we the guys we're talking about, that's the sort of ammunition you'll probably need, like those two forces is what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read to you a, a few names as trade options, and I want you to put your Joe Douglas, don't worry about whether the team on the other end will do it. We can talk about that side of things, and I think that matters. I want you to rank them in the order that you would trade for. You ready? Okay. Let's do it. Jameis. Jacoby Brissett, Washington, Teddy Bridgewater, Detroit, Andy Dalton, Carolina, Taylor Heineke, Atlanta. So Jameis, right, so- Jacoby, Teddy, Dalton, and Heineke are the five names that jumped out to me when I was looking at
1: the so- table. Jameis is exactly the quarterback that I was thinking about when I was saying that they're different types of players. Just because their score or whatever can rank them in a certain position, Jameis is too volatile a player for this team. If, I were, if they didn't have the defense that they had, I would think Jameis because Jameis might have a three touchdown game and win a game for you one week. But he also might put you in a bad spot and lose when he has a four interception game. Or he mixed it up in the course of the same game, which is not a fun roller coaster ride. So his physical ability, I think, is enticing. But I guess I can't put him at the end. <laughs> but I'm tempted to put him at the end because we don't need turnovers. That's that's just not what we need. Jaco- Jacoby Brissett seems obviously to me to be the number one option available. Um, who else did you mention? You said Heineke, like that's Dalton not and
0: Heineke and Teddy. The other three.
1: Yeah, I mean, Teddy all better than Teddy. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is probably the guy who's going to make like consistently make good decisions, not put you in any bad situation. Last time we saw him play, it wasn't very impressive down in Miami. Um, I guess you feel like you have higher upside with Heineke, Dalton. Yeah, like these all just feel like a a mishmash. It seems like Jacoby Brissett stands out to me and maybe I get seduced by the arm strength of Jameis Winston, but I wouldn't be advocating for anybody other than Jacoby Brissett. We'll figure out who else we can get after that. That seems obvious to me.
0: Jacoby Brissett was very good last year. Now, yeah. uh, I may have... I feel like I probably overrated his play a little bit because of some of the mistakes he made late in games. But mm-hmm. undoubtedly, I think, of, of based on the, all these guys' performances last year, was the best quarterback eighth in qbr second in cpoe eighth in interception rate whereas uh dalton threw some picks um i feel like you're i think he's clearly the best option i actually if 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 he plays now now i I think it comes with an important caveat which is i thought last year was his best season of his career and there's been seasons where he's been worse and i think that's you know i'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is the eighth, eighth best quarterback in the nfl but if he plays anywhere close to how he played last year in Cleveland, it's a competitive football team. Yeah. Now, as I mean, far he's as
1: stable too, is the thing. he's
0: stable as far as whether Washington will, and, and by the way, that Cleveland offense under zone wide, uh, under center, pardon me, wide zone boot. It translates yeah. as far as whether Washington will do it. That's where I think things get a little bit interesting because I feel like Ron Vera is coaching for his job and, that might impact some of the decisions they make, but if they turn down like a th- couple fourths or something, that would be malpractice for a backup quarterback. You have to take that trade.
1: You didn't. So the one name that you didn't put on the list that we've been bouncing around on TV this morning. I haven't had the time to figure out the cat ramifications and all that stuff. But I think uh, or if the Rams would be even interested in mailing yeah. it in on the season is Matt Stafford. But I, I assume that you took a look at that and you didn't put it in the mix because it's unlikely.
0: Well, the only way I think the Rams would do it is if you, you'd have to offer them like a pretty significant trade package, because I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Rams a little bit later in my woofs and spoiler alert, the yeah. Wolf is not the Rams. Uh, he looks amazing. They're going to be competitive because of if you know, if he play, if he stays healthy, um, and so to trade him would be like an outright admission of tanking. I think if you had a really appealing package and they didn't take a giant dead cap hit, So I think you would, you would have to send them the mother load and I'm not, I don't think New York would do that. Um, yeah. That's the dream. That would be the dream, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, We'll see. A lot's going to come out Wentz this week.
1: Either, what, but I'm I not guess gonna, you no, put in. That, yeah, we're not, that's we're
0: not, not okay. That. <laughs> I have these names. I'm like, I don't want to talk about Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk yeah. about Carson Wentz. Yeah. I don't want to talk about freaking Colt McCoy. or Whatever.
1: I, I agree with you. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a mistake omission. It was an intentional omission because I agree these guys are not should not get phone calls.
0: All right, that that's uh, let's put a pin in the Jets because this is that's this is a moving story. There's a lot coming out. Um it's the end of Roger's career we'll have plenty of time to talk about that you know there's, there's a yeah. that's a beast of an injury to come back from at his age yeah. right now I'm just thinking like this team is all I I know it's I sound like a broken record the team is too good to do the Wilson thing again. I'll be so upset if they do it. <laughs> I'll be so upset. Yeah. Just and I I feel like Jets fans, if you're listening, I I feel like 99% of you agree. I mean, how freaking
1: dispiriting. You keep saying that, but like it's it's not up to them. Like the people who are available, and I had this conversation this morning with uh, RG3, was saying that they're good, they're good quarterbacks that are free agents that are out of the league for other reasons other than the fact that they can't play. And I said, maybe that's the case, but my belief is that if these guys were good. They'd be or if they had something to offer a team of value, they'd be on a roster somewhere in the league. And so that that leaves me with the point that I was trying to make is. Everybody watch Monday Night Football, every other team knows that Joe Douglas is desperate, so there might be a situation where it's going to be hard to make a reasonable deal. I guess you would say uh, yeah. you're all in anyway, care. so make an unreasonable deal.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't right. care. like in a nor- any normal situation trading even two fourths or a third or whatever for the guys we were talking about is insane. This is not a normal situation. You yeah. don't have leverage. I would not yeah. blame him. And I don't, like right. it's like I don't get I don't care if oh man we really need those fourths so in the future we can graft <sighs> a couple of linemen. Uh. Man, screw that.
1: Yeah, Joe to Douglas, to, like, you have compete. our permission to get fleece. Go get fleece, Joe. Get fleece. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, on the Bills' side, we, we do have to um, ad- address how awful this was. Such a terrible loss for the Bills. Um, not much to say about the defense. I just want to hit that really quickly before we get into it. You know, they were fine. It was a weird game. Uh, they got run on pretty poorly by Brees Hall, who looks amazing. Yeah. Anyway, to, again, just like I was talking about the defense. Oh, my God. Brees Hall looks I'll incredible off back. the ACL. Um, I think that's probably a concern for Buffalo if they'll get run on all year with the deficiencies they have at linebacker. Um, but I'm not, I, I'm not really freaking out about that. It, the story of the game is Josh Allen. Did you defend him today?
1: No, I couldn't. I tried to. I, it. I tried I to. I did. I, I did, <laughs> I I did in the it. past last year when people complained about his injuries. I, I just was like, you got to take the good with the bad. Actually, re, I advanced my metaphor. So last year, my metaphor was you have Superman on your team. And sometimes when there's an alien invasion, there will be some casualties. Superman's going to knock down a building or two when he's fighting off the aliens and you got to deal with it. Those are the turnovers. However, When the job that we're asking you to do is just get the cat out of the tree or get the old lady across the street, we can't have no casualties. And that's the problem with his decision making is he seems to have a hard time differentiating between when it's time to take a risk and when it's not. And it's not just in how he throws the ball. It's also when he did you see he like dove for like that was insane. I know hey, it's the, on the
0: it was on he had the first down already. It was on the left sideline. All he had to do was run out of bounds.
1: What oh no, not that one. That one too. Wait, oh, you're but talking about when one, he tried to hurdle
0: the dudes for no freaking reason.
1: Not even close to the to goal seven, line. Not times. even close to the first line. Like, what are you doing? It's amazing. And if you uh, we had the sound this morning on get up, he talks about his decision making. Like he's not him. And it's really, really frustrating and confusing. And I'm not a Bills fan. I'm frustrated for them.
0: Do you ever see the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? Mm -hmm. Where he takes a pill where he can like do anything or whatever. I feel like for two years, Josh Allen had like a reverse Limitless pill where he was like limited. Like where he was like, (laughs) like the part of his brain that tries to do all these things was suppressed for two years. And he played within himself. And he didn't take risks and he was playing. He was really smart quarterbacking. And I feel like that pill just evaporated and now he thinks yeah. he's limitless again. I realize it's a very convoluted analogy, but <laughs> Sorry, you understand I like what it. I'm saying. It's yeah. the only explanation. The pill maybe evaporated at the end of last season because this is going back now to the end of the year, the playoffs, which is what makes it, by the way, so freaking alarming. It's not like, oh man, it's one game, he lost his mind. Nah, man. End of last year, he was doing this stuff. I mean, the three. Picks, you talked about the hurdles and the decision making, and then there's the fumble. The three picks were all mind boggling. It was like that's what's so crazy. Sometimes week one, I think we have to dial back like the Giants' offense is not the worst offense in the NFL. The Cowboys defense is really good, for example. You know? Mm -hmm. They they can't they can't hang, but like they're not that bad. Yeah. That's week one. This was not a game where I was like, "Oh, well, the Jets' defense is really good." No, what Allen was doing, I, I do think the Jets' defense—they looked. He looked really rattled by the pressure early on, like, and he wasn't seeing the field well. And some of that had to do with the things the cornerbacks were doing. All of that certainly matters. Those three picks, nothing to do with the defense, dude. Like uh, the first one, yeah, it was an arm punt. He had knocks up the sideline. Yeah, Yeah. it was third and eight, whatever. He had a player. Like, he could have... There's no reason to throw that ball, even if it's an arm punt. I was was like, whatever. The second one, way worse. He was in field goal territory. He had a check down. It was second down. That's just, like, regressing. And then the, the last one was the worst on third and two. Digs wide open. Shallow cross. First down. You're up by a score. It's like when, when I, I said this at the end of last year, when uh, people get mad at Ken Dorsey, I'm like, what? The, he can't literally force him to throw it to the check down when the dude's wide open. I, 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 I do I, like, do I sound upset? Obs- I, I, I feel like yeah. I just feel I mean, so disappointed.
1: <laughs> and you, I was going to say, can you imagine how McDermott feels? But you saw it in his face and in his expressions yeah. in the post game is like, just fed up with him, which is a weird place to be with the with the the guys. There's one guy who's the reason why they have a chance, and there's also one guy who seems clearly the reason why they're not going to fully fulfill that opportunity. And you have to get to a certain point where you accept he is what he is, I guess, and try to figure out how to coach around it. But if we talked about this before last season. We talked about it through last season. He was hearing about it, I'm sure. We talked about it headed into this season, and in the very first game of this season, he did the thing that we all been talking about. To me, that kind of makes it feel like that's who he is. We not like we you got away with somehow coaching accuracy into him. We can't coach this decision making out of it. It feels like.
0: There's another movie coming out with Emma Stone, where it's a woman who tries to jump off a bridge and then her scientist reconstructs her but gives her the brain of her baby. It's called... uh... You know what? I'm in fraught territory here.
1: So, So you are someone who notoriously doesn't watch certain movies but reads them on Wikipedia, but somehow you found your way to baby brain movie?
0: I just, I'm just trying to come up with an explanation for what I'm
1: seeing. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, has, uh, he has the brain of a baby. Is the explanation? Well,
0: I just it just, I'm just like, what is ha- uh, happening? I don't know. I'm just so confused. Uh, but it, again, the, the 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 most perplexing aspect is he didn't do it for two years. Yeah. Like that's what I don't get. I don't get it. Um,
1: he also never other com- things- completed passes consistently in his college. <sighs> or high school career. He's just, he's an enigma and, and apparently he's a bunch of different movies and superheroes all at the same time.
0: I feel like they're still figuring out how to use Dalton Kincaid, who was almost as I expected exclusively, um, the jets matched him with corners in their nickel looks. Um, they got to be able to run the ball out of 12. They were in 12 personnel much of the game. The run game in general looked awful. I mean, James Cook between the tackles is not a thing. So I don't know. I'm not totally out on the bills. I think Allen will have games where he doesn't make those mistakes, but mm-hmm. I I definitely feel like I overestimated
1: him. and Him, uh, him and uh, Stefan Diggs seem like they're buddies again. That's nice. He look good. That's yeah, great. Good. Yeah, he's outstanding. All
0: right. Oh, that's that. That's the Jets. That's Josh Allen. Let's come back and, and try to be positive about some things. <laughs> Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesar's Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesar's Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL, and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and older only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wagers only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credit and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call one 800 522 4700 Indiana, call one 800 9 with it. Iowa, call one 800 bets off. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-Stop. licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call one 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call one 800 270 7117 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 Gambler, it's 1 426 2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1 800 gambler.net. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're uh, wish-casting like Jacoby Brissett and... Even Andy Dalton. It's going to be cold McCoy or something. I'm just, it's just going to be so depressing. Oh, we're back. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about these games. Uh, well, we're doing winners and woofs. Um, as always, Dominique's going to pick a winner. I'm going to pick a winner. Both going to pick some woofs. We're going winner, woof, woof, winner was the <laughs> structure yeah, we sandwich I came up with last year. Uh, you want to go first with a winner?
1: Sure. Um, the Dallas Cowboys defense. Um that was an incredible display to start the season. <laughs> Defense in general is up in week one. I don't know if we're going to blame it on preseason or whatever or, or just these defenses are really talented. But goodness gracious, I, when you're a part of a blowout like that, and not just a blowout like that, like it feels like you are outmatched. It doesn't happen often or you feels like you have them outmatched. It doesn't happen often in professional sports. It is so fun. Everybody wants to get in a game because you know you're going to get a sack. You might get a chance at an interception. And it felt like they had all the matchups, advantages across the front. I watched, uh, I rewatched that game the other day and Micah Parsons obviously is special. But what I saw him do was eat up a double team on one particular, I think it was Osa's sack. He ate up a double team, pushed it into the backfield. Osa's completely un- unblocked and comes across and gets, uh, Daniel Jones. It just had to be incredibly fun. For all of them so winner winner dallas cowboys defense and they lived up to the hype added Stephon Diggs, or, not number Stephon Diggs, Stephon gilmore and he got an interception so it was pretty cool to have all the off-season hype about this defense and then to see them play better than anyone could have expected in week one
0: uh seven of their sa- on seven of their sacks five happened when parsons was double teamed he was double teamed on 14 plays on 10 of those they pressured Daniel Jones. I don't know what 10 divided by 14 is. It's a very high number for lot. pressure. <laughs> I, and I think that's what's so striking about the... I mean, they're good at every level, and we can talk about that, but the, the pass rush uh, is such that if you do allocate extra attention to Micah Parsons, they just have so many guys who can punish you. Obviously, Demarcus Lawrence, but like Dorrance Armstrong mm-hmm. was a beast in this game. Williams you mentioned Diggy Zoa, who made the all underrated Minicam show team Golston I mean it's just waves and waves of dudes um, and I think Dan Quinn is like fantastic yeah. at deploying them uh Parsons in this game I noticed he, he I I didn't I don't know how this compared if there were any games last year where I'm off the top of my head they matched this but they had him inside yeah. a fair amount yeah. um which obviously they can use to force uh, offensive lines to man up and, and create opportunities for the other pass rushers. He's a true – that, and that's interesting, by the way. You know, I think there it was the question for his first two years was like, well, do you want him on the line of scrimmage or, you know, at linebacker to confuse – no, no, no. You want him on the defensive line, but you, if you move him, he's so strong. It's you amazing. can move him inside, move him outside. That, to me, is where his versatility – as a pass rusher, is most valuable to this team?
1: It's pretty amazing, like, the the unique level of athleticism. I remember his rookie year, he got put in man coverage outside and like, a corner-type role, and he just looks so comfortable and fluid. Like, whatever – I feel like the connection between his brain and his limbs is stronger than, than the connection than any of us have. Like, to be able to move that way that fluidly just – incredible, like proprioception for a player of his size and strength and athleticism. And that could get you like, as a coach, I would be excited by that. And I might get myself in trouble and like, Hey, why don't we put you here? Put you there, put you over there. No, just put him anywhere you want along the defensive front. Yeah, uh, no. yeah, yeah. And he disrupts immediately because that power and that speed, he gets back there and he takes up a tight end and, and a tackle and a guard if you want to guarantee that he's not going to get your quarterback, you need to do that. And then you have everybody else and ISOs or unblocked like a diggy did on his side. So <laughs> it's nice. Do you, do you,
0: do you feel like offensively team? I I, I forgot who they have next week. I think they put they the Miami at some point. We...
1: They got the jets. Oh God. They got the jets. They got the New York jets. Josh. They
0: can't they can't roll Zach Wilson out there oh, yeah. That's yeah.
1: So bad. Zach. Zach that's is so going. Bad. Well, they're gonna roll Zach out there and the Cowboys might roll his ass right on back to their sideline.
0: He he got hurt during the game too. Yeah. Okay, well the, the Jets versus the Cowboys we don't have to talk about. That's appalling. Um I think in the first couple Giants drives you saw, like the only way offenses can neutralize this is through an option game. I thought, like you know, it was like, oh, okay, they're, they, you know, like um, they were. Daniel Jones had some successful runs, and the Giants are so good at using motion and the running backs mm-hmm. to create uh, lanes for Daniel Jones. But the problem is, if you fall behind at all, either point wise or on third down it's over it's it's
1: over the thing about that them too is the combination of Daniel uh uh, Dan Quinn and that talent on defense allows them a level of flexibility that I think most teams don't have so being able to change uh like we saw last year we talked about this a few times in the Super Bowl it seemed like the Eagles didn't have an answer for like the motion uh the like cross field motion and then the return motion in the slot Uh, And you see it oftentimes like there's a situation where a team doesn't have an answer for the running game or they don't have an answer for a particular matchup. The Cowboys are so talented that they do have an answer for every matchup because they have places that you can go. If and I remember going into the game, the argument for the Giants, I heard a number of times because I was on the show and everyone picked the Giants except for me, which was crazy. And I really, yeah, it was. I have a picture of the (laughs) screenshot. I didn't put it on social media because why? But I did take a picture of it to make fun of the people on GetUp. But they all picked. That's
0: wild. They all picked them.
1: And one of the arguments for it was um, the Cowboys don't have an answer for Darren Waller. And my point was they have an answer. Maybe they don't have a dominant man coverage safety, but they have an answer for everything else, which means that they can. They can extend extra help to Darren Waller because you know who doesn't need help that front or those corners and, you know, like against those receivers. So it's really hard to find a spot where you can attack them. And if you do find that spot, they have all the tools and a coach who's smart enough to get them in the right uh, situation pretty quickly. They don't have to wait till they get to halftime.
0: Huh. Yeah. Yeah. On this show we were like, oh, I love this, how this team matches up with Waller. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we okay, like, there's good. so multiple in the back yeah. end. Yeah, it's not, the area that I thought they, they they were vulnerable was linebacker, but they were playing a guy at linebacker I hadn't heard of. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Uh, yeah. there were a couple Cowboys DBs that was like uh Wanya, Wanya Thomas. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I you know, I, I, I there's just they're just really deep. I don't know. They're fantastic. Okay. Uh my woof is the seattle seahawks but this is kind of a division kind of thing because um it's definitely the loss which i'll talk about in a second but the niners looked as dominant as we expected the gap between these teams is large uh the rams offense looked fantastic uh i think i i I feel like i've been tweeting about this not i I cannot believe how good matthew stafford played have you watched this game yet the game Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) oh I mean, I, I first I experienced it through the highlights online. I think you might have posted one uh of him making like three a, yeah, an absurd throw. And then I went back and watched it. And yeah, he's he's he doesn't know that my plan for this season is to get Caleb Williams with mm. Sean McVay. He's trying to ruin that. Get him out of there, trade well, him to a- New York
0: it's a, it's it's like the seahawks didn't just lose because matthew stafford was i thought lights out um they lost for a few reasons that and i guess this is where we can kind of talk about the woof aspect of it offensively they lost both of their starting tackles which is a woof because uh jason peters who is 41 was just signed to the practice squad so that's not great uh, but also, even without the starting tackles, that was a pretty pathetic performance against a defense with you know a bunch of young players. So I think they should, that should, they should have been better. I don't think I like. I don't think Gino was horrible in this game. I think they really in the second half they couldn't do anything. To me, it's largely about the defense. Um, uh-huh. I don't know, man, Sean McVay's been eating your lunch for years now. Like, it, it when you, and when you watch them, he's talked about in the past how good he is at exploiting their roles. And, and mm-hmm. um, it's just like, we're in year four, whatever, of this. And the constantly, just constant miscommunications and breakdowns of the back end versus this offense when they come out, when they use motion, when they're in bunches, anything like, it, it, they just seem totally discombobulated every time. They play. both McVeigh and Shanahan. They didn't get any pass rush. Stafford was, True Media had him pressured on 20% of dropbacks. Mm-hmm. And then you throw a Matthew Stafford-like performance for the ages on top of that already. The defense will get Jamal Adams back. They'll get their first round draft pick, Devon Witherspoon. But I'm I'm very I'm I'm very, you know, I was concerned about the front seven, and now I'm like, yeah, this is this is what is going to keep this team from, you know, they can still fight for a wild card or whatever. But like, and I don't want to overreact, but this was a pretty bad week one.
1: It was a bad week one against one of the teams that we thought would be one of the worst in football, and maybe they still will, or maybe we were just way off. And all these young players are outstanding. We'll see. But I think what is makes this a significant wolf is the point that you made is we were is their division and in an NFC that feels like it's top heavy. There's another tier that could kind of break into that group. And at the top of that second tier with aspirations of breaking in is the Seattle Seahawks. Like that's the one team or that's one of the few teams outside of the 49ers Eagles Cowboys that I think based on what Gino did last year and based on how young their team is and talented they are and experience that the coaching staff has. Like I thought there was some optimism for this season and it's not all gone, but it was kind of a rude awakening and I don't consider them. And yeah, I think also in light of the way that the Cowboys and the 49ers played, the Eagles got a win that wasn't pretty, but They got a win that wasn't pretty, which I'm sure the Seahawks would love to have right now. So I think that's a little bit disappointing, and maybe they were a little ahead of schedule last year, and they're going to rubber band back to what the expectations were of them when they traded away Russell Wilson.
0: They averaged less than a yard per play in the second half. (sighs) That's rough. (laughs) I don't care if you're down your tackles. That's – and the, you know, again, you wasn't great, but again, you know, he was, he didn't have time, and then the wide receivers just weren't. I mean, they were getting their butts kicked by Darian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, just, I don't, I'm not like, I'm just pointing to a random Rams cornerback. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to be the best wide receiver trio in the NFL or the second best. Okay, you're a woof.
1: Um, this I, one hurts me. Yeah, it hurts a lot of us because a lot of us bought into this Steelers hype. Ugh. Mm. It was so Wolfie. They were out of it by halftime. Um, Pickett didn't have the game we wanted. The funny thing that I saw is I, I assumed that it was Matt Canada more of the same. That man threw on first down so much in the first half. I, and, and they were like successful plays. Most of them. I just imagine that he's thinking of all the criticism and he's like, look, see, I did it and it didn't work. He wants us all to see that he tried to do early down passes that were many of them in the first half were completed, but they still went three and out and then turned it over, uh, which looked really bad uh, originally for Pickett. But, I, I mean, I guess Pickens fell down, so that's a little bit of a defense. And then just three and out, three and out, three and out until they got a touchdown before the end of the first half. And then it felt like it was over. And as much as we appreciate what Purdy has done, it just – it wasn't, like, some great performance. There was no – the amount of pressure that was on picket, uh, and I don't mean physical, like, D-line pressure. I mean, like, pressure to come back. There's a
0: lot of that, though, too. Yeah,
1: there was that, too. <laughs> but Purdy had none of that. They just yeah. were up by a bunch and then feeling comfortable immediately.
0: I think what this is on – so, at the top, I talked about how with Josh Allen, you got to walk – the, it's the question, week one, how much is the Jazz? How much is Josh Allen mm-hmm. – I think with this one, and I'm not, co- I, the Steelers look bad. Right. Like, I definitely, and I, I've been conducting this hype train the last okay. like three or four weeks or so. I do think that the Niners factored in, it, it, similar to the Giants, you know, mm. it, it's the same level where I'm not, I don't suddenly, I'm not like making excuses for either of these teams, but I, I do think the Cowboys and the Niners <laughs> defenses are, I mean, God, just watching the Niners' defense, the way they – it's so basic, but the way they tackle yeah. is so different from the rest of the NFL. The way they, they rally to the football, the speed and physicality with which they play with. um, it, The Steelers just look so outmatched – and then Pickett didn't help. He was inaccurate. He was clearly flustered. He reminded me a little bit of how he looked at the beginning of his tenure last season mm-hmm. when he came in. Um I, I think he'll be better than what they were, but this was a it was a bad performance, no doubt. And they lost Cam Hayward. Do you see that? Yeah. Oh my God. That's
1: that's a problem. When the strength of their defense is going to be that front, you can't lose one of those strong pieces. So um Put all your analysis aside, all your stats, all your film study. I want to tell you something that I saw in that game about the 49ers that made me know that they are real on defense. Hufunga got the pick and then he pitched it. Don't nobody pitch pitch uh, interceptions oh, don't oh, yeah. nobody pitch turnovers unless they are nasty <laughs> think about all the defenses in their history of football so, so they do not pitch defenses they don't pitch the ball unless they have a level of confidence that is just unmatched where the coach shut up Wilkes so this is mad. our team they're out there pitching they're they having fun like I the every team if I ever played I, for, coaches were like, "Yo, yeah, you just hold on to the ball." I got to the Ravens with a bunch of Hall of Famers. They're like, "Shut up, we pitch pitching this shit. We're trying to score on every interception." I saw that spirit, and I loved it.
0: Who did he pitch it to? Was it? Was it I was don't it even, even guess, remember. Or, uh,
1: <laughs> I just saw him do it. If
0: I was a DB and I got a pick, I would be. Not only would I have both hands on that. thing, I would be I would be clutching it like 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 a, a hopefully I'll hold my future child I would not, I would not be slinging it around it's yeah, a great it. that's a great point it I was watching that I was like Jesus
1: my first interception uh, with the Ravens yeah I'm, I pick it off against the browns and I'm running down the sideline and uh and uh, they start to come over and grab me. I don't remember who it was, the receiver. I guess Braylon Edwards grabs me. And then Ray Lewis comes up behind me and grabs my my arm and starts yanking at the ball. And I'm holding on to it like I can do something if he wants it. And I look back and see that it's him and I was like, oh well, if he wanted, he can have it. And so that that was my introduction, because we all try to score every play. Every turnover, you gotta try to score there.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's definitely an attitude thing. Um Okay, uh, let's wrap up with, with my winner, which I am i really – I could talk about this all day. The Brown's defense. Oh. Yo. You started off by talking about how defenses are I, – I actually think it is sustainable because I had Seth Walter on a couple weeks ago and he talked about how defense was slowly trending up last year. I think and there's – this. we should get into this at some point because watching a lot of these defenses, they all played – Something that really jumped out to me, especially coming off off of um, I think of a, a couple years where everybody wanted to play like the Rams, the Too High, mm-hmm. all that. Defenses are aggressive again. Yeah. Um. I thought I think like it feels more like you're seeing more defenses that are dictating to offenses, both with what they're doing in coverage, but also the types of blitzes and pressures we're seeing, the movement up front. And I thought that was pretty much exemplified by Cleveland. Um, so start by saying the Bengals offense had the worst EPA per play of any team week one. That's a, on a week where the Giants got blown out 40 to zero. Uh, Joe Burrow had arguably statistically the worst game of his career. What, was there's a lot of really fascinating things about this but i think as it pertains to burrow in particular who's of course coming off the injury and certainly there's rust there i do think the weather played a huge factor um in his inaccuracy at times but for the last you know 3 years the story on burrow has been you can't blitz him you can't play man coverage they'll kill you outside so against the blitz He had a passer rating of 39.6. That's an incompletion. Against man coverage, he had a passer rating of 39.6 in this game. And the Browns did a hefty amount of both. Um, The way they did it was fascinating. We can get into that. The way they... I thought Jim Schwartz's uh, pressure calls were absolutely brilliant, uh, but, and God, these corners look fantastic in, in man, yeah. but just a lights out performance from a unit that a lot of us thought might take a leap forward, but seems way ahead of schedule.
1: Yeah. It's Smith. Good addition. The pressure packages were good. And also the, the bluff packages too. So like they show pressure yes. and rotate into something else. Like I got confused. This is one of the, you, you can watch some, you can only watch so many games and you can only watch so many on the coach's film because the coach's film takes a lot longer to watch because you're trying to be dissected. But this is one of them that I looked at and I was so impressed with that. Like the coaches deserve a ton of credit for the things that they installed and the players deserve a ton of credit for properly executing it. Because normally you can get a good sense. Like if you watch enough, you're like, oh, he's bluffing. No, I, I was confused a number of times when you're not under center and you're watching from the comfort of your own home. You can figure it out. You had a good feel of what the coverage is going to be pre-snap or where, where the blitz is coming from. They were crushing it and then the coverage on top of it. And when the coverage wasn't great, you didn't get to see it because uh, oh, to the point, to the same point of the Hufunga pitch, how you know that a defense is feeling good when you start playing a whole nother sport in the middle of the game when you decide that you are going to do a crossover <laughs> over the center and the guard as Miles Garrett rather than a pass rush and still pressure the quarterback you are having a good ass time playing football
0: one of the things they talked about during the offseason was how Miles Garrett was the most double-team defensive lineman in the NFL last year for our tracking um, 31.1% of snaps in this game He was that that fell to twenty two point seven, which was outside the top twenty, and I think speaks to the level of talent that they've added on this defensive line. Misadarius Smith looked fantastic in this game against the run as well. By the way, Um, Ogbonnko was impactful uh, when he played. it, it, it is a terrifying rush, and then, as your to your point, when you have that rush that already has all these fantastic players, and then then you layer on all of the simulated stuff they were doing. I was actually in the second quarter writing it down because it seemed like that was when it really mm-hmm. like they started doing it a lot, having you know bringing the safeties and the linebackers showing blitz, dropping and 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 it kind of reminded me of um, the Ravens game yeah. against Joe Burrow a little bit he did not like that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, many of them resulted in incompletions. He was hurried just, you know, the bangles side of this, I think we can get to, and there's some, some, uh, we'll see, I think the injuries and all that, but, I think the Browns' defense is extremely for real, and then you do all that, and then behind them again, I, those cornerbacks were in their pockets. Yeah, Dominique, I mean, you had to love watching. I that. did. I,
1: I mean, the 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 bravery <laughs> that it takes, and <laughs> frankly, the confidence, the cornerback level confidence that it takes to be as aggressive against. Jamar Chase specifically, but obviously T-, T Higgins also. But yeah, like I-, I loved it. It's it's very reminiscent of the Cowboys' defense and, like, and that they have um, yeah. impactful players at important positions, what gives them flexibility. And uh, JOK, like I thought, he was uh, better than he's been. So like that, that's yeah. it's a uh, yeah, they're in good shape. I got a question before you for you before we go. Have you met um, Shannon Sharp yet?
0: i have not met oh, yeah. shannon sharp yet i'm, I met him I'm not on uh tuesdays is when
1: he's on oh, okay. first day right okay i met him today it was awkward and well anyway i gotta give people a reason to listen to he's my podcast I'll, I'll explain how awkward my exchange for with shannon sharp was when <laughs> people go watch the dominique that gives foxworth us a good show out.
0: check out the dominique foxworth show three times a week now it's a lot on YouTube. What as you well. mean it's it's a, a lot. I show on YouTube too. It's a lot. It's, I, I mean, it's good. It's like compliment. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's a it's, lot. It's,
1: it's, you said it with people. People like you that. said it with exhaustion. Like it's a lot.
0: No, it's a, it's a lot of. You get a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, you guys can check this out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, and then click on the NFL page, and you'll find it. I'll tweet it out. Uh, Thanks as always for joining us and I'll be back later this week to preview the upcoming slate of games with Kevin Clark.